Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. Uh, we come back with Hearts having two wins on the bounce, almost unbelievably. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Daniel McIver, and I am, as ever, joined by Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Um, been better, been worse, just obviously delighted that the famous collected all three points and kept the, the clean sheet that I was craving. What about yourself? Doing very well, basically the same. Every day is just still mush and flowing into itself. But yes, we're here to speak about hearts. Actually winning a game of football after previously winning a game of football. It's unbelievable. Um, Before we do so, of course, at the start of every episode, we do want to remind you about the Talk of the Tune sessions. If you don't know what they are by now, I don't know what you're doing. Um, a fantastic opportunity to chat with fellow Hearts fans. We're very much getting into like a regular crowd now, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. There seems to be the, the occasional few names and faces that uh, I recognise in, in more and more sessions, which is which is fantastic. So long may it continue and hopefully they're enjoying it just as much as we are. Absolutely. So we don't want to keep going on about it the same amount of time every single week because some people will be like, yes, we know. So... <laughs> All the information is, as always, in the description, and you can just go to any of the socials of Big Hearts, and you will find it there. So, we're getting straight in to speaking about Hearts' win at the weekend against Air United, new manager Air United, after they had sacked Matt, uh, Mark Kerr. I was about to call him Matt Kerr, because I know a guy called Matt Kerr. Um, no, Mark Kerr, FM legend... Mark Kerr, and he was replaced by David Hopkin. So before we actually get into the game, what do you think of that as a appointment? I think it, it, basically I said it on Twitter. I think he's the, the outstanding appointment for for Air United at this particular time. I think the job that he did with Livingston in particular was incredible. Um, and to be honest, working in the circumstances that he would have at Morton, I can see why a parting of the ways obviously became um, apparent. So. I think Air are, are a pretty well-run club, and I think that that's he's an excellent manager. And to be honest, if we're going off the weekend's performance, I feel it's only a matter of time before they they climb the championship table. After that, to be fair, what about you? I think I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, he's very much just a safe pair of hands at this level, really. Um, as you said, his previous times at Livingston and stuff like that show that he can do he can do well with a club and. Um, Air clearly have some individuals that this season means that they should be able to push towards something. If that is playoffs, which is where they probably think themselves to be, then we will see. However, they did travel to Tynecastle at the weekend, and a lot of people, I think ourselves included, were expecting another patented Robbie Nielsen changing formula. However, he fielded the exact same team and in the exact same formation, he went back to the diamond. Uh, so just a quick rundown, it was Gordon Smith, Halkett, Popescu, Kingsley, Irving, Halliday, McInef, Mackay, Stephen, and then up top together, Boyce and Nandwilly. It seemed, Adam, that when the team came out, Hart's Twitter was quite confident. Yeah, it did, and I think we've got every, or we had every right to be, given just how decent we were against Dundee for a good hour or so. Um I don't think it's any 
real surprise that it was an unchanged team. I think everybody was surprised in the sense that Robbie's not making the change. But, listen, I'm going to bang the drum of a winning team. You, you don't change a winning team. And to me, it was it was pretty refreshing to see us, obviously, not using the 4-2-3-1, first of all, and going with the same personnel in that exact same formation. So, yeah, very, very encouraged once I saw that. And it sort of added to the pre-match confidence that I had. Were you in that sort of same boat? Weirdly, yes. Despite, I think, in the last podcast, making jokes about how we're probably going to get beat, <laughs> I actually was quite confident. But maybe it's because of my apathy in general towards the season, as I've spoken about. I was kind of like, well, I might might as well be confident. Let's see what happens. But yeah, when the team came out, and it was, for me, the biggest thing was the diamond stayed in place I was really really happy about that so I was thinking right cool we're going to go into quite a comfortable victory and honestly I don't know what much I can say or that you'll be able to say about that first 45 minutes of association football <laughs> some watch wasn't it it was uh, riveting very very entertaining um, no I mean it's Listen, it was a, a, a sluggish start, to say the least. Um, to be honest, I think if we're looking at the first half on the whole, there's only really a couple chances, if that. Um, I think there was kind of a... There was a Liam Boyce sort of half-header, which, you know, it's nothing really clear-cut. I think that the best chance that we probably had throughout the first period... Um, was Andy Halliday's um, the nice little build up lovely sequence of passing and if he had the right peg then to me it, it would have been 1-0 but then there came a mix up with obviously Nandwili, Smith um, and Halliday himself so I was meaning to ask you did you have Michael Smith first goal scorer because if that was the case <laughs> I'd be absolutely fuming that Halliday doesn't leave it for Smith and that Big Nando doesn't get out of the way well this is the thing that made me even more annoyed. You did, <laughs> didn't you? you watch it, when you watch it back, Nandwale does actually get out of the way of Smith. So if Halliday doesn't fucking get involved, I'm £50 richer. But no. What, what did you have on him? What price? And yeah, what I put stake? two quid on, so it was like 28 to 1 or something. So we'd have got like 28 to 1? Is that what he's at? Yeah. Jeez. That's a sore so one because fifty quid. <laughs> he he had a chance um, later on, I think, in the second yeah, half. Yeah, he did as second well, half, second yeah. half, and it's still nil nil. He does. He puts it just past the post. Yep. Ouch. That's that's a sore one. But no, I, I think if we're talking about the first period, I think that the Irving Nando link up nearly came to fruition. Obviously, mm-hmm. it did later on in the second period, but I thought it was a lovely wee clip ball from Andy Irving um, over the top. And to be honest. I quite like us switching up the approach rather than it being all patient possession, waiting for an opening, going that little bit more route one. Um, And it seemed to me as though it was just the angle was the only thing that was kind of preventing Nandwili from putting us 1-0 up early on because it becomes trickier sort of the further that he takes it on. I think Kyle Lafferty, I used to get frustrated at him because he was the polar opposite. I felt as though he'd often take a shot on too early. Whereas I felt as though the big man could have and perhaps should have pulled the trigger that wee bit sooner. But ultimately, I mean, the angle, it, it would have been quite the uh, quite the finish had he, had he tucked that away. But first half, very, very poor. And to be honest, 
I'd say I probably felt more so for Liam Boyce because he was largely ineffective. And we've said pod after pod that he's one of, in, well, certainly in your eyes, our most important player. Um, mm-hmm. And I just felt as though he was he was largely ineffective, perhaps, again, due to procession for possession's sake. And he seemed starved for the most part. And I felt as though toward the end of the first half, it was really reflected in the fact that he would often drop deeper to collect the ball. And I don't blame him for doing so because... I don't want to see like a heat map or whatever, but very few touches on his part, and I, I, I would primarily put that down to the service that's you know around him. I I would agree. Um, I think you've been slightly harsh with the Nandwili chance. I actually just think it's a really good save. Well, it is a good save, but I think it's one that the keepers expected to make. I mean, if Nandwili scores, it's a fantastic finish. Yeah, it's. I actually don't know if he can take it early because the pace in the ball, his first touch brings it down almost as well as he can, and then he only takes one further step. I just think the pace in the ball, it's a fantastic ball by Irvin. But I thought maybe just Irvin, inside the box, no. I I know what you mean, but uh, but yeah, I mean it, the the touch makes it, doesn't it? Because he's got to evade the centre half or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get that. But. But I, I generally agree. Um, my main issue was that I thought the midfield, especially in that first half, were terrible. Irving aside, although I thought Irving took a while to grow into the game, but Halliday, McInef and Mackay Stephen, I thought all were really poor. And as a result, we were just getting completely overrun in the middle of the park. But I find that interesting because I actually thought that first half, Andy Halliday seem to find himself amongst the opportunities more than anyone else. And I think this diamond suits him down to a T because kind of when you when you watch them at Rangers, he'd often get forward from fullback and if you're taking it further back in his career, his probably most noteworthy moment is his goal at Stamford Bridge for Bradford. And he's sort of hovering on the edge of the box, arriving from deep and when you actually watch it, I mean, then he's got a right foot and it's no problem. It's a fantastic finish. But I like the look of him in this supposed diamond in a kind of... I wouldn't say he's a standard sitter anymore. He seems to want to become a box-to-box type. And I don't know whether that's because he sees Aaron McInef on the other side, but I think Irving and Halliday would get pass marks. I'm not so sure about the other two. See, I because I I thought Halliday was bad. No, I don't I d- think he had a good I, game. I, I, actually, I actually thought he was decent, mate. And I think, well, put it this way, I think if we're looking at that midfield quartet, if you're asking me in the first half or so, I thought we were obviously very poor. And I don't know whether that's down to Gary Mackay-Steven not being that creative influence from number 10. And I think we've got a good two or three players that could perform in that role better than he did. I think that um, is a wee bit of an understatement. It was like <laughs> playing with 10 men. Just, oh, and you know, this is the annoying thing because I hear people talk about wingers inconsistencies and I get it. But yet, against Dundee, he looked really good in the number 10. And yet, at the weekend, he was non-existent. And the week before, obviously, Dundee at Inverness, he looked as though he was getting back to his best. So it seems like it's been two decent performances and now a terrible one. So he's got um, he's got some making up to do, let's say, up at Gayfield. 
definitely. I will say, maybe bad on how because I don't think anybody you could say is bad in a 2-0 comfortable win. But No, I just mean in terms of, you know, kind of when it looks as, as convincing and comfortable a win, you'd sort of expect sevens across the board, really. Sixes, sevens across the board. Be lucky if GMS registered a four or five. Well, Terrible. It, according to Joel Sked, he did get a five, but so did Aaron McInef, which I think is a bit harsh. I think McInef's worthy of a five, but I don't think that GMS is worthy of a five. I think it's harsh on McInef and not harsh enough on GMS. I would say it's not harsh enough on GMS, but I think it's about bang on for McInef, to be honest, mate. I thought, I, I, I thought that was his worst performance so far, but he has been pretty decent on the whole since since coming in. I would agree with that, but I still don't think he had a bad game. I just think he was quite quiet because, yeah. especially in that first half, Air just had the dominance in the midfield, so he often had two men on him. I, I get that, and I think I think that's a good point in that it is obviously down to how Air are set up. But if we're talking about kind of wanting to carve out chances, I thought that Michael Smith looked back to his brilliant best at the weekend. Obviously, looking to provide from fullback as he often used to. And I just felt as though we saw much more of that on Saturday, which makes you wonder why the midfield can't do that. Why McInef and GMS... I mean, Halliday didn't really provide. He just found himself at the heart of chances. But I, I just love Michael Smith. And I think had we not re-signed Craig Gordon, he should be vice-captain minimum for me. I just, I, I absolutely love him. And Saturday, it, it seemed as though he was back, which was great. I, I actually do think that the formation explains why Smith was more involved in the midfield because Perhaps. that's what that's what this formation does. It means that you overload the midfield, so then the opposition have to go in, which leaves space for your wing backs. I was about so to say, and the width is provided from the full backs, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I get that. But Smith often drifts inside as well. I mean, there was a chance where where Big Nando has. I think it's in the second half, and Smith yeah. Smith cuts inside, feeds it with his left foot. And obviously, then Nando hits it at Sinisalo again. It's another another good save. But yeah, just Smith was Smith was superb, and it's obviously what he's capable of. He was back to his brilliant best for me. He was, and generally speaking about the defense, I actually think the defense had a good game. But I'd actually say Halkett was the weakest part of that back four. I mean, they didn't. They didn't exactly have a lot to do, though, did they? I was going to say, I don't think any of them had a bad game. I think no. they all played well, and it was actually one of the best performances they've had as a back four, probably. I, I get what you mean, though. Yeah, I, I, but I there was do, one chance. It wasn't a chance. It wasn't a chance. But there was a moment in the first half where I think it was a goal kick played from them, where it was just planted up in the air, and Halkett had all the time in the world, but he let it bounce right in front of him. And it allowed Michael Moffat to get in and almost create a chance. And yes. Smith and Popescu look at them almost as if, like, was that on purpose because you're bored? <laughs> like, what was that? Just for that bit of excitement in the game, isn't it? Um... Yeah, because they'd done nothing all game, so he's <laughs> like, I want to be involved. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, listen, defensively, obviously, I, I, I touched on wanting that clean sheet. I do think we are <laughs> a little bit... Um... 
I don't I don't know for the right the right word. Still a little bit defensively naive. We're we're not great, but I mean a clean sheet, fantastic. But again, it's not it's not as though they had a lot to do. I thought that Smith certainly was the outstanding performer in the back four. Um, I'd, you could argue contributed more than the other three put together. To be honest, it yeah. seemed as though everything was kind of down the right hand side with him. Absolutely. Um, as we say, first half was incredibly, incredibly dull. We then move into the second half, and I, from the 45th minute, well, the 46th minute, I guess, whistle till the 90, I was much happier than in the first half. Um, first 15 minutes, It was, this is now where I'd like to speak about air shape, because BBC have them down as a 4-2-3-1. I would argue it was a 5-5-0 because that is one of the most defensive performances I've seen at Tynecastle this season, which is saying something, and it took us a lot of time to break it down, which it always was going to, and I think some people were getting frustrated that it was taking us so long. However, we eventually did, but they offered nothing the whole game in an offensive sense. No, they didn't, and that was that was my primary frustration that we couldn't break them down. It it reminded me so much of the two 0 win at Capello again, uh, a David mm-hmm. Hopkins team obviously taking on Morton, um, but just really really tough. And like I say, the onus was kind of on midfield in order to carve opportunities out, wasn't it? And that just didn't seem to really arrive till till later on in the match which again is a frustration I think the number 10 debate is obviously going to be a, a big one um, but yeah just just really poor but again it we have to give credit to Ayr because they, they were decent and to be honest if that's David Hopkins dugout debut it's only a matter of time that they climb that table because they were only 20 minutes away from shutting out a side that's scored in Every competitive match this season, like you say, they didn't create a lot offensively, but that'll come, and to be fair, they shouldn't get any harder tests than this Tynecastle trip, so I think it was a much better defensive display than when we actually beat his Morton team at Capolo, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, but as you say, we made some changes on the 66th minute, both Aaron McInef and Gary McKay-Steven came off for... Gervain Castanier and Jamie Walker and then it was about six minutes later uh, Michael Moffat actually doing defensive work kind of just grabs Andy Irvin by the waist needless challenge and, yeah it's especially for someone of his experience yeah. you think he wouldn't make that but he does grab him um, just before we go on to speak about what happened I have a question for you uh-huh. Why has Andy Irvin been taken off set pieces just because Aaron McInef's in the team? Baffles me. Baffles me. Because, again, it, it, I'm delighted you brought this up because toward the end, his corners, his in-swingers on that right-hand side with with his left peg, I think are a real asset. Um, and he's just he's just superb, isn't he? He really is. It just It's embarrassing how much of an obsession I've got with Andy Irving um, but what a player and just beg that we do the right thing but that's obviously up in the up in the uh, up in the air at the minute if you'll pardon the pun um, but it just what a player and 
again, <laughs> why why does everything seem to have to come through him? You know, <laughs> we're going to talk on Jamie Walker's goal. He's again at the heart of it. But for Big Nando's, I mean, what a delivery. Um, and his job's then made simple, given how good the ball in from Irving is. I thought that... I don't, I, I, I don't know. The changes came at the right time. Or they were the right changes. I don't know whether they could have been made that little bit earlier. But I think from then, it was only a matter of time, really. Um, but I'm surprised that it sort of came from a, a dead ball situation as to how we broke the deadlock, if I'm honest. Well, as you say, Andy Irvin did win that free kick. And as Aaron McInerney was off the park, he took it. A fantastic in-swinging ball to... Right, listen. You gave me shit when the big Frenchman arrived and I said he was the best player in the world. Adam, he's played seven games, has four goals, two assists, and he was doing a concert in his car the day with Pink and Annie Lennox. He's the greatest player ever. Ain't nobody like Nandwile. No, no, that's not the song. Makes me feel this way. No, but that came on the radio this morning, and I, <laughs> I instantly just put two and two together. I thought it was a sign. He was just the big no, man. Was I'm refusing phenomenal. to let you do this. Why you don't? You don't get to do this. No, no. Do you know, <laughs> right here? Here's the you frustration. Hated him. You no, hated I, him no, I arrived. didn't. I, I hate when Hearts sign a striker, and because we've been starved of a decent centre forward for so long. The pressures instantly piled upon them. You, <laughs> you were guilty of that with him. And to be fair, has it paid off, Adam? It, has it fucking listen, paid off? So far, it has. But how many heart strikers have we seen that get off to a decent start? The goals dry up, and then all of no, a sudden we're wanting like them three cast no, away. Ninety percent of them are just shit forever. <laughs> but even then, there'll be some that like bag on the debut, and then we're like, this is it. The new Robo's here. Right? Yeah, exactly. That happened. And then he got two assists. And then everybody went, his goals have dried up. And he's scored in back-to-back games. I've got absolutely... Listen, he looks good. I've got got absolutely no doubt that that he is good. But we just... I've learnt to just rein it in with hearts set before Adam! You're on a podcast! You need to get invested. You need to make ridiculous statements. And you live and die by them. My ridiculous statement was that Nandwale is going to be the best signing we've ever made, and so far, it's living up to that title. <laughs> so far, I can't think of a better goals-to-game ratio, probably since, since we've been alive, for us, <laughs> exactly. to be honest. Um, no, it's just, he's a real handful, and to be honest, I feel as though the, the best is still yet to come. It seems as though there's still a lot more to come from him, and I don't know whether... This, it'll be a case of he grabs a couple from now till the end of the season and then with that full pre-season under his belt just smashes the Prem. I would love if that was the case and we've got somebody to kind of, you know, hang our hat on as such because I think defensively we'll still struggle unless a couple um, recruitments come in, uh, recruits come in. So I think if we are scrapping for points every week it's it's vital that we've got somebody that we can depend on between him and Boyce that should be enough ammunition obviously definitely for this league and should be for the, for the top tier as well and also I tweeted this at the time it's like what a novelty crossing it into the muckle guy works 
who would have thunk it? Unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, a guy with such an aerial presence making the most of it. I mean, wow. What? It blows my mind. Unbelievable. He just, he did, he just does everything so well because so many times we've seen it where we have a big guy. Like, for example, you mentioned Lafferty earlier. Lafferty was shit in the air despite his height. He was much better. He was much better with the ball at his feet. But Nandwili won everything in the air. I don't even mean offensively. The amount of times Craig Gordon would punt it up and he'd win the knockdown. When the ball's kind of pinballing in the air, he would just take it out the air, drag it down, and play it off. He just does everything so. He just does everything so easily. Like he never tries to do anything stupid. Where he's like, I'm going to try and play this forty-yard pass. He's like, he'll do the easy thing, but make it look easy as he should. And I think that that's a great point because I look at the better centre forwards in, in world football at the minute. Harry Kane's excellent at that. You know, his game isn't complicated, it's simple, it's basic, and he, he thrives because of it. I think Big Nando to me, he, he reminds me a bit of Lafferty in the kind of lanky sense. I mean, he's obviously got a bit more about him, but I, I don't know, he, he's got a good football brain. I think he's a decent ball player, if you know what I mean. He's he's not mm-hmm. he's not clunky. He can he can pass. He can hold it, link up, and just seems a, a real nuisance, which is fantastic. And obviously, if we're being frank, I mean that's been our style since the eighties, as far as I'm aware, with, with my dad. So yeah, it just uh, I mean it's it's no surprise that he's obviously rocked up to Hearts. I think some big. Some big, I don't want to say like a big balloon. Some big kind of target man type was always it was always going to happen. Um, uh, but he seems a, a real find for sure, definitely. And I, I'll be intrigued to see when the chemistry between he and Liam Boyce is at its peak because I feel as though the, the two of them could could really be a great partnership for us. Hopefully, that's the case anyway. And then from that kind of point on, I think everybody went. Right, okay, that's the point. Um, however, it was officially put to bed. Ten minutes later, with four minutes left, Michael Smith plays a fantastic ball in. Something happens that we'll speak about in a minute. And Jamie Walker is there to rifle it in to score his 51st goal. Adam, how disappointed are you that he didn't do a 5-1 celebration? Somewhat disappointed, I can't lie. He'll, he'll never get a better chance, but... That's all I thought he was going to do. I was like, because he did 50, when he's got, and I was like, now you can do 5-1, and he just didn't do it. But that's that's that gone, Jamie. That that ship sailed. Um, but I think... I'm not, re- I'm not really all surprised that he didn't go full Tonto. I think it's more a, a frustration thing, to be honest. He seemed more relieved, didn't he, rather than actually pleased to score. Well, um, especially after he missed that chance with his first touch. Oh, I could not believe that. And th- funnily enough, we were talking about Michael Smith earlier. It's obviously his initial shot, which very nearly ends up in the net. Mm-hmm. But how Jamie misses the the um, rebound, I-, I will never know. I mean, it's, it was harder to miss than score. And to be honest, was that that was at 0-0, wasn't it? That was at 0-0. It was four minutes before we scored the first. <laughs> I don't know whether this is just my, my pessimistic outlook. But you then start to think this just isn't going to be our day, or do you think it's only a matter of time? Or I mean, it, it's coming. I thought, okay, it's coming. Like we're going to get more chances like that. 
Yeah, I mean, like I say, there was an element of doubt for me. Um, but I think, like I say, we have scored in every competitive fixture of the season, I think. Um, yeah, we have. Yeah. So, we, we, it's, it's bizarre because my previous frustration was that kind of attacking play and not making the most of our offensive um, prowess, if you like. But that's that's pretty impressive that we've managed to score in every mm-hmm. game. I mean, listen, we we should be in in this league, but in, encouraging, I think. And even listen, we weren't at our best at the weekend, but two goals in the final twenty minutes, it's fine. It, it suits us. I mean, big casting. You nearly made my prediction come to fruition late on, but you obviously kept the streak alive, uh, predicting two nil. Um, so I did. I went ha- a roll of twos. Days. That's that's us two, two from two, isn't it? As long as one Absolutely. of us gets it right. So yeah, exactly. Perta Paisley two 0 up after a two 0 prediction. But you did mention Javine Castanier, <laughs> right? Listen, for the people saying he meant to do it, like I don't even know what to say to you because if you haven't seen it <laughs> somehow, Michael Smith crossed the ball in. So superb put, cross, can I say? It's a fantastic ball in. Probably the best Literally. of the day, bar Irving's assist for, for Big Nando. Absolutely. Just puts it on Castanier's head. All Castanier has to do is stand still and just kind of slightly turn his head to the left and it's a goal. <laughs> and yet, he does like a diving weird thing and it just hits off the back of his head somehow and thankfully falls to Walker. Now to the people who are saying... No, he meant it. The reason you know he doesn't mean it is because if you watch it back, he's on the ground punching the ground in annoyance as the ball flies past him. (laughs) If he meant to do it, he would have been in the way because it would have hit him. I I just think it's, it's sheer genius. Shut the fuck up. I'm not even entertaining this. The fact he gets an assist for that is criminal. This is where stats are so misleading, aren't they? How, how is that an assist? Honestly, it's harder to do what he did than I know, score. he could never do that again. He could never do that again, ever. And he, he cut a very frustrated figure, like I say, with, with that miss to make it three late on. Um, I felt as though Walker's goal involved all the kind of star performers on Saturday for me. Um, Apart from Nandoli. Apart from Big Nando. Um, Irving kind of picks up from the, the Halliday-Walker exchange. And it is just a, a wicked ball from Michael Smith. The, the sort of ball that Big Nando's been craving. Obviously mentioned it in the press last week. And Again, whatever, it's so. like he, ta- we, he gets brought off and everybody starts going, right, now we'll start crossing it. <laughs> it actually boils your blood, doesn't it? It's, it's nothing Imagine new, though. Imagine being him. It, it's, it's genuinely nothing new. I, I, I can recall saying it a pod or two ago. Um, about Bigucci being here and we'd never cross and <laughs> then we've got Liam Boyce who's obviously not that tall in comparison and we're you know sending aimless balls into the box um, but it's a, it's a great finish from Jamie and seals seals the three points obviously seven for the season now for our number seven I, I'm not going to lie this will be obviously a big debate but my player of the season shout would be looking a lot better if he started every week. Just going to throw that out there. Right, wait, wait, wait. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. 
because before there's a couple of points I want to finish on the air game. Um, the last thing I want to say is that unbelievably I'm going to compliment another team. People call me out on this that I'm too critical of other teams. I wouldn't disagree, but go on. What? <laughs> Why? Who gives a shit? We're a hearts podcast. <laughs> no, to be fair, I mean we we have every right to be to be biased, but go on. I think every team in this league shit, including ourselves. There you go. That's my blanket statement <laughs> as a soundbite. But I thought Sinisalo in goal for Ayr, apart from Nandwili, was man of the match. I'd heard so much about him um, before the game, and I'd heard so much about him the last time we played Ayr at Tincastle, and obviously I'd never seen him before, and the first thing he did nine minutes in was have a massive howler and let Kingsley score a free kick he should never have been able to score and then concede five so I was like well he can't be that good and then this weekend's performance it would have been four or five without him he made that I can think of three fantastic saves two against Nandwili and then the one at the end against Castanier he also just made a lot of routine saves that you would expect him to score but it's you can understand why he's so hotly tipped Absolutely. I mean, he's only 19, I think, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. On, on loan from Aston Villa, who, again, they they had they had a decent keeper out on loan in the, in the Premiership. I think he was at Livingston. Was it the boy Sarkic? Was it last season? Oh, last the name season? rings a bell. Yeah, so they, they seem to have a, a decent eye for a keeper, but he's, yeah, he looks a, a really a really good talent. Nin- 19 years of age. I couldn't believe that as soon as I saw it. Um, so, again... I mean, David Hopkins t- talked about kind of wanting to frustrate and obviously being disappointed that they were only 20 minutes away. Had they successfully kept a clean sheet, obviously then you're, you're looking at the keeper because, like you say, countless fantastic saves. And I don't know whether some of them were just down to our poor finishing or whether they just really were decent stops. I think it's probably a, a mixture of both. I think that, especially those three chances I said, I don't think Nandwili or Kastner could do anything different. They're, they, in their moment, they do what you would expect a striker to do. Especially in those three saves, it's just fantastic positioning by him. I think Big Nando's in the second half, the one that I talked about where Smith shifts it onto his mm-hmm. left, I thought that was a pretty poor finish. But again, he's got to be there to save See, it. I, so. just think that's, I think that's just a class save. So, I don't know. So it's 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 one for debate anyway, but I I don't know I I think it sounds obvious to say, but had he slid it further into the corner, then it is one nil. I think he he just gets enough on it from a, a goalkeeper perspective, but having never played in goal, I, I couldn't tell you. So let's move on. <laughs> well, that is all we have on the air game today. However, Adam has some homework for everybody because we're not original and we're stealing concepts from other more popular Hearts podcasts. It's not that we're stealing a concept, I just look and think, we don't really interact with our listeners bar the occasional tweet or whatever, but I just thought... Scars around the funnel, please do not sue us. <laughs> and just this, to get that in there. And this is my story, obviously I have the, the teaser and whatever, so you'd be as well doing that again. This is my story, please do not sue us. Um, but basically, um, my, my pal Ando inspired the uh, the group chat of boys... Um, that I'm in to um, get pick up a mystery jersey, um, and I got Roma. If you haven't seen it on my my YouTube channel, yes, um, yes you do. 
And from from that, I, I, I don't know how I got into the conversation with my dad on Saturday afternoon. We were watching Soccer Saturday and I was looking at it thinking, you know, Rangers have recently announced their kind of partnership with Hamburg. Aberdeen have got their Atalanta United link up. And I thought, Roma would be like a fantastic partnership for us. And then I got wondering, this would be a really good homework question in the sense that if you could choose like a European giant or someday, it doesn't even have to be European, could be, you know, obviously Aberdeen's is, is across to America. If we could have like a partnership with a big club, who would be your, your club of choice? I, I don't want to get too football manager here, but like a, like a senior affiliate and we had some like partnership. I mean, I know that there's talk of, Schalke amongst the the Hearts fans. That is but... who I was going to pick because Schalke, depressingly, are my <laughs> German team. But I was going to say they are they are absolutely murder, aren't they? So I don't know. I I just thought it'd be quite an, quite an interesting topic, and I love the talk on scars around the funnel um, about kind of the preseason and your sort of where you'd like to go. It'd be brilliant if we could have these kind of partnerships. And Hearts were at like the Olympico to take on Roma in a friendly. That'd be superb. I, I don't know. I just I felt as though it, if we were looking to make Hearts grow, I don't see why we haven't got anything like that. Because as far as I can see, I think even Celtic have they not have some like Mexican team or other or like links to Betis no and idea. whoever. And I don't know. I mean, it obviously doesn't have to be a senior one either because. Hibs have got their link up with Stenhouse Muir as well now, which mm-hmm. is which is quite cute. But um, I don't know. I, 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 You've definitely which... picked the right side of Rome, by the way. Oh, absolutely. I, I knew I knew you wouldn't be happy with with Lazio and their views. But have you got anyone in mind? What What do you think? Well, see, I like Schalke. <laughs> <laughs> Just a shame that they're mints. <laughs> Listen, I was liking Schalke with Neuer, Draxler. Oh, that was the Klaas Jan Hintelaar. Yes, what yes, exactly. Those folk and just oh, that was peak me like twenty eleven. Oh, Schalke were amazing then, mm-hmm. and then they've been shit for ten years. <laughs> um, see, also my Italian team. I almost, I always really like Palermo. That's went down the fucking toilet and all. <laughs> they've got Mallory Martin amongst the ranks, don't they? Exactly. I just <laughs> like their pink kit. When I was wee, I just was. I just like. I I really like pink kits. Are you just thinking back to like Kyle Lafferty and Paolo Dybala up front together? I mean, it wasn't Lafferty that was doing it, but yeah, Dybala and like Milinkovic Savic and stuff like that were just amazing. That's why I really like Everton's. Mind Everton's old black and pink third kit or away kit or something with a Chang sponsor. Yes. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. The badge was like pink. Yes, I do remember that. My pal, was like one my pal Fraser, who's kids. a big jambo, he used to have that pink Everton top and it was an absolute beauty. Don't know oh, if he's still I got just, it. I just really like pink kits, so I always really like Palermo. But it's definitely, it is a good shout because I remember seeing a press statement from Aberdeen with the whole Atalanta connection and it was like, it is all about mobilisation, upward mobility, and trying to just get your brand out there. And you have to look at, the US generally is quite an untapped market, I guess, for football, generally. Obviously oh, not they're... for sport. No, they're, they're unaware of uh, Scotch soccer. 
Yes, exactly. So it it's from a business point of view, it's it's fantastic for Aberdeen to do this. Um, but that made me think, like, for example, this morning the A and J leagues were talk of a lot of media attention because there was some mental games, and it's like you go out to there, like obviously Gowser's out there just now. Um, it's had. Uh, both the leagues, sorry, have had quite a lot of attention in the past few years. It is one of those areas, kind of Asia and Oceania, that a club from there you could do something with. And then, as you said, if you want to go more down the route of kind of established teams, it would be someone from the big five nations. Um, but it, it definitely would be interesting. And I'd absolutely love to hear what people think and their justifications for why the club they've chosen oh absolutely i'm not wanting some shouts like real madrid or anything like that you know we we need something with a bit of a bit of substance um i think i think the asia shouts are really interesting one because if we're if we're being frank the money from osman so was a a welcome boost so (laughs) maybe we could tap into another chinese team like a like a shanghai shenhua or something one one of the big ones where's hulk is he not back in brazil i think is he a Brazilian one would be class. Can Imagine we just that. do whatever club Hulk's at so we can get him on loan? Hearts linking up with like a, a Sao Paulo or something like that. That would be mad. Oh, let's go with Newell's old boys. Oh, that's a shout. That's a serious shout. Then we can... that, that's, a, that's a brilliant one because like Boca and River are equivalent to like your Rangers and Celtic. Mm-hmm. And Newell's old boys, yeah, that that'd be a brilliant shit. We get some like oh, no. Argentinian no. wonder kids on loan. I, I also really like the idea of River Play. I do really like the idea of River Play. Mm, fair enough. I don't know, but Newell's would be good because they produced both Maradona and Messi. So maybe some we little, can just get the next one. Some little left-footed number ten rocks up the <laughs> tiny, exactly. and we 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 are credited with giving them giving them game time to develop into the world-class superstar that they become. Um, no, what would happen is that we deride them for being too small, boo <laughs> them, and they'd be rubbish, and then go on to be absolutely class. <laughs> world beaters elsewhere. Yeah. Have we learned nothing from the Machino transfer? Well, it's funny you mentioned Machino, because I thought of him just there. Even like, um, I mean, like at a lump it, the this is a part of modern football, and I know that this whole conversation might switch off some some of our older listeners. I I get that. But even like I'm not saying we should go into the, the city group. I saw I saw a tweet actually saying that I'm surprised that, that Edinburgh City aren't in the city group. But why <laughs> could see that as well. But why could we not set up an affiliate with like a, a Man City or a Man United, given we've had a couple loan no, players from them in off. the past? We're not going back to Man United. They gave us Joe Pereira. That is it. They also gave that... us Demi Mitchell. Right, and he was shit after the first time. He was great. But the first time the he was first brilliant. Time he was here. <laughs> yeah, and then he was rubbish. But to be fair, a record with English club loanees full stop isn't great, is it? Wait, no, I've got it. Don't say Liverpool. No. Go on. Burnley. And oh, Jimmy Dunn can oh, come back. <laughs> and then Sean Dyche can eventually become our manager, which is my dream. Would you love Sean Dyche as Hearts manager? Are you being serious? I'd love him more than any other manager on the planet. If you give me between Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp <laughs> and Sean Dyche, I'd pick Sean Dyche for the patter alone. Because I also love Sean Dyche. That's that's quite something. I, I just I, love I'm his surprised. Voice. I, I, I just love his I just voice. I love his voice. 
hundred percent. Um, I'm not gonna do my my Sean Dyche impression because it's it's pressure, but. Um, please do, please do. No, that needs to happen now. Um, no, I'll 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 maybe do it for for another time, but I'll, <sighs> I'll see. I'll, I'll send you it, and you can you can do it and see if it's any good. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I thought this was a an interesting talking point, and I'd be be intrigued to see where folk, because I mean we don't have we don't have to keep it in the UK. I think Hearts have enough of a stature within the UK. Everybody's aware of Hearts. It's more kind of. On, on the Euro stage, really. I don't know. Well, tweet us at Perth to Paisley uh, with all your suggestions. Me and Adam will come back next week with an actual club in mind. We'll have a think about it. Give our justifications and then we'll hear from some of yours. So please do tweet us that at Perth to Paisley or if you want email in perthtopaisley at gmail.com. I was going to say, mate, if, if you had to give one right here right now, would Schalke be yours? Schalke would be mine, but that's just purely personal affiliation. Cool. What about you? I'm going Roma. Why not? Go for it. Laurie would be buzzing with that as well, wouldn't he? Laurie would be. Laurie Dunsire would be loving his life. Let's make it happen. If we had an affiliate. Let's make it happen. So, moving on. Well, actually, kind of moving back to a point that we hinted at earlier. Jamie Walker again came off the bench and scored again. Uh, And it, it made a lot more people kind of band towards the idea that why is Jamie Walker not starting games? Uh, Whenever you see the team now and you look in the replies, 90% of them are well, some of them are Nielsen out, but (laughs) most of them are why is Jamie Walker on the bench? We don't need to dedicate loads of time to it because Jamie Walker has become one of the main themes of our podcast this season, but where do you stand on this? Despite I can probably guess where you stand on this. You know full well where I start, and I dread to think. But I, this is one. Of, this is one of the main debates of this pod, isn't it? Because you're very much a, a I don't know, a, a preserver, in that you'd like to see him come off the bench. Yes. I I just believe that, particularly given Gary Mackay Stevens' performance at the weekend that there is more to come from Jamie Walker at the start of a match. You're not telling me that GMS is a better number 10 than Jamie Walker, or that... I mean, Stephen Naismith's out at the minute as well. He'd be the, the other contender. I'm trying to think of other folk. You've obviously talked about wanting Mac and F in there. Um, I obviously listened to Robbie post-match, and whilst he was talking about um, our desire to grab more goals... Um, Big Nando as well, obviously wanting more clean sheets. He said that Jamie Walker wasn't too far away fitness-wise, which obviously makes me... It reassures me, but why why have we left it to this point not to kind of clarify that? You know, if, if Walker... We, we've made the point on here that if they're on the bench, they should be fit enough to start. But if he's, if he's struggling fitness-wise, why doesn't he come out and say that beforehand? You know, I feel as though the doubts creep in because you think Walker's one of our best players in that position so surely he's worthy of a start but if he's not up to it fitness wise then just say just come out and say that I'd, I'd be then it answers all the queries and we don't get as agitated no? well I I don't want Walker starting in the tent I don't I don't want GMS starting in the tent either I, I was literally just about to ask <laughs> Would you rather Gary Mackay Steven? But you're a Mac and F 
you're very much on the Mac and F or 10 bandwagon, aren't you? Absolutely. Now, that kind of is fucked by last weekend and this upcoming weekend because for that to work, I need hearing. And hearing's suspended, obviously. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. No, I don't. I've just thought of that right now. No, I don't at all. I would like Irving and he's... I would like the diamond, obviously, to stay because, obviously, we have had a 10 regardless of what formation because we yeah, either yeah. play the 4-2-3-1 or 4 one 2 one 2 in the four one two one two, I would like Irving as the sitter. Halliday, yay! Great. Sorry, say that again. It's fine. <laughs> Until Hearing's back, Halliday. <laughs> then as soon as Hearing's back, Halliday out with Irving in that position. McGill alongside and McInerney in the ten. You're co- you're continuing to bang the Scott McGill drum, aren't you? He's played twice and was good both games. Halliday's been had a good forty-five minutes and has played like twenty games. I think you've been very harsh on Andy Halliday, but that's... I disagree. I think he's been. Ve- I think he's been. <laughs> oh, of course you do. <laughs> I think you're being very harsh on Andy Halliday. It's not as though you're going to go. Oh well, do you know what? I think you might be right. <laughs> but to go back to the Jamie Walker point. It has been proven that he works best off the bench. He is currently doing incredibly well off the bench. I don't understand from a tactical point why you would change that. Primarily because in the first hour or so on Saturday we were terrible. And why But that's why? what I'm saying. That's with and, a ten that I disagree with. But you know so what? I, I agree that GMS shouldn't be the ten. I agree with that. But I don't think we would have been any better with Walker because there has been no evidence this season apart from one more in a way, which was the easiest game we've had all year, that Walker works when, when he starts. Do you, do you know what? I, th- I think there's an element of doubt that creeps in because I look at the Alwar performance at home when we blew them away 3-0 and the game was done inside mm-hmm. half an hour or whatever it, it was. To me, Walker starting would represent that in the sense that anxiety doesn't grow if we're going out smashing teams and the game's done after half an hour the anxiety for me came because it gets to 70 minutes and I think is this going to be our day or not you know I I feel as if should Walker start and we blow whoever it is away then by all means we can then experiment the game's done you know that's the time for experimentation I just feel as though it's a case of collecting the three points as soon as we can on any given day and then we can mess around with stuff. We can experiment with personnel in positions that they're not traditionally accustomed to. Um, but I think we have a less high... I don't think we have a higher chance of doing that with Walker starting. I think we have less no? of a chance. Why? Because Walker isn't fit enough anymore. I don't think he'll ever be fit enough to play 90 minutes at full level. Wow. I don't think he ever will be. That's again. a big claim. Obviously, I'm not. This is not me like deriding them for that. I'm not saying, for God's sake, this is ridiculous. I mean, looking at the injury he had, I don't think any athlete can be at the level he is when he comes on for that final 20, 25, half an hour for the whole ninety, just because of that. And I think it works best to have someone who is maybe less effective in the ten, whether that is GMS. McInef, McGill, Irving, Halliday, Naismith, Boyce, literally every other option, and have it be less effective, 
and then have Walker come on and be the impact, then have Walker start, be ineffective, and then we don't have anyone to be effective come on. Because I don't think GMS will be effective in the same way that Walker is off the bench. But but then does that not kind of... If the game's done, what does it matter? But I don't think it would be... There's no evidence that Jamie Walker starts and then, therefore, we then blitz teams. Has that happened once this season? <laughs> um, Martin away? But we didn't blitz them. We went in 1-0 <laughs> at half-time. <laughs> I'm scraping the barrel here, mate. Um, I think... I will give you... I think... Did he start that Alloa game? I... Good question. I feel like he maybe got an assist. That, do you know that feels like a lifetime ago? It, it really does. Did does. he not get an assist for hearing? I don't know. That's a great question. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a check just now. Well, but I'll even give you that one. I'll give you that 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 happened. I know that what you're saying you're looking for kind in of a more... season of twenty. <laughs> and I know he's not started every game. I know that, but I don't see any evidence of when Jamie Walker starts, we play really well. Good I knowledge, see... by the way. Sorry. Was it, it a, was it an assist for Heron? It was an assist for Peter for Peter Hanning, yeah. The thir- 30, 37 minutes, 3 0 up. It was a cut inside, I remember it. Super. Heron was like. Good knowledge, mate. Sorry to cut you off there. But I can't remember. Impressive. Did he start, though? Did he start? I'm assuming he must have. Um, I'll click back I swear on there was an injury, there. though, and he might have come on. If I've got. This, I know, he did start. He did. Oh, okay. He did. Right, okay. It, it, to be fair, didn't start in the 10. The team that day was Gordon and Goal, back four, Smith, Halkett, Berra, Kingsley, Haring and Halliday sitting with Naismith in the 10, Roberts on the left, Boyce up wow. front, and Walker was actually on the right. Oh, of course he was. So, yeah, because that was in that time where we just kept playing them out wide. That's right. So, but that's what I mean. So, like, I understand why people want me to start, but I don't think that's down to him. I think it's down to because we have an ineffective player in his position. See if we had a 10 that was doing really well and then was brought off as he tired and Walker came on, I think people would be a lot more understanding. But I'd still rather have Walker come on and be great for the last 20 minutes as he has been the last few weeks than start. And Because if you go back and listen to the podcast this season, that's the podcast where I've been harshest on him, where he started and done absolutely nothing until he's either come off or lasted 90 and done nothing. It's interesting. I don't know. I, it is interesting. It's, it's not, there's not a definitive right, right or wrong. answer here. No, there's yeah. not. There's not. And I think... I'm intrigued to hear you say that about his, his injury. Do you not even think... I mean, I know first time around under Nielsen, there was there was the talk of how harsh the pre-season was. You can't see him getting back to his best, even with a, a full pre-season under his belt or whatever, No. I don't, but again, I don't want that to be taken like I'm deriding him by people or anything like that. No, of course not. I don't think anybody could get up to the level they were at. Because if the rumours are to be believed, Walker's knee injury was really, really bad. Like, it's one of the worst knee injuries you can have. And it, his knees always kind of had troubled him throughout his career. And I just think it's a bit, I honestly think it's a bit unfair to him to force him into a start in 11 when it's clear that he works so well as an impact sub. And maybe, listen, I would I will totally understand if he's not happy with that role. I totally understand that, particularly his age. 
it's the age that people say it's the prime of your career and stuff like that. I totally understand that. But all the evidence points, especially this season, and you have to factor that in as well, it's at a lower division as well. It's not like he's starting in the Premiership and he's being ineffective. It's like for many games he's starting in the Championship and being ineffective. But then he's coming on and doing really well. So I just personally, if I was Robin Nielsen, I just wouldn't change that. I'd go, right, I might have to have a weaker player in the 10 from the start and have Walker come on and get a wee bit of anger from the fans when Walker then does well. Instead of going, right, I'll appease the fans, but then Walker will do nothing. <laughs> and then he's the made game. to look like the mug. Yeah, exactly. It protects the player as well. I'm intrigued. I mean, I... I just don't see how we've we've got to the stage where we can't have a recognised creative midfielder amongst their ranks from the start of a match. Well, that's the thing. That's why I think we need to... That's one of the main areas I think we need to buy unless McInef is put in that Becomes position that guy. and does well. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. That's, that's, that's interesting. So what, would you rank that second behind centre-half then? Yeah, personally. Personally. I, again, it depends a wee bit what happens with Ginelli. So a wide man might be important. But in this current diamond, we don't really need a wide man because the fullbacks are doing it. But I think a 10 that we can rely on to start games. We're obviously going to have to have wingers, though. It's not like we're going to be... Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> we're going to be adamant in this, we're in this diamond. 35 central players and no wide men. Hey, listen, it's like Levine's tenure all over again. I know. I know. <laughs> the entire philosophy of Hartman and Lillian has been changed to a free-flowing tiki-taka attacking football with no wide players whatsoever. <laughs> it's just solely built on possession, as if that's ever going to happen. Exactly. Well, that's a good segue to our final point as we go to a team that isn't exactly known for its fast-moving tiki-taka attacking football as Hearts will travel to Gayfield and go to a broth for the last well, the first in the last seven games. Um, we only need now 13 points from the remaining 35 to clinch the title. How do you see this weekend going? Hold on a second. From the remaining 35 points? Yeah, we've got seven games left. Yeah, it's a maximum of 21. Why did I think... Where have I got that from? God knows. <laughs> What, Where what? Have I got, I've been thinking 35 <laughs> all day. What's... I think I said that to you before the show. I've only just picked up on it now. Thank fuck you did, by the way. <laughs> listen, listen. I got my school's lowest mark in maths in the history of the building. Right? So, we're not here to discuss your my... arithmetic or lack of. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What, was, what, what was the previous question? <laughs> How well do you think we're going to? Um, well, let's see. Was it was it last week I ran through the fixtures? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was one of two that we said could cause problems alongside a way to Dunfermline. Yeah. And potentially Wraith as well on, on the last day. Um, but by then it doesn't matter. No, exa- exactly. Um, I think <laughs> of all the 35 points we've <laughs> We've somehow amassed an extra 14 from nowhere. Exactly. Um, I, do you know I think Craig Gordon was, was bang on in his summary in that 
Three points was obviously the main thing. He's happy with the clean sheet. Obviously now, 66 and 200, can I just say, is a ridiculous record. Um, I love that he just had that stat. Yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> obviously, he's wanting to add to that, so that's great. And obviously, this was one of the fixtures in which he got one through a couple fantastic saves late on, if, if my memory serves me. So, he's just, he's just bang on in that we have to keep winning. And I think, I think the squad... Obviously, we're frustrated at not converting their possession into clear-cut opportunities at the weekend. Whether we can try and do that up north uh, remains to be seen, but certainly I think their weekend result, did they lose 1-0 at, at East End? Was it Dunfermline? Dunfer- Dunfer- yeah, so that's, that obviously plays into our hands, and I think we've just got to try and, and grind it out. I mean, the last time we were up there wasn't exactly pretty. Thankfully, it's a it's a Saturday as opposed to a Friday night fixture on the box again because I couldn't go through another one of them. So, just just got to find a way and and hopefully you know what that's us now scored twice in consecutive games after you know a run of one a one a piece for a wee while. So, hopefully, we could continue to to carve out opportunities and more importantly take them whilst restricting them to to few. So. Fingers crossed, and I think we've got every right to to go in there with a, a positive mindset, given now six points from the last available six. So happy days, mate. Hopefully we can uh, can keep it going. Although it, it will be tough. I just I'm not one for usually blaming the weather, but if it's horrible, freezing, and windy up there, then I'll be mm-hmm. that little bit more lenient to a weather excuse. So what's your prediction? Wouldn't be surprised to see another one nil. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. do you know? I'll say I'll say another two nil win. Another two nil win. Interesting. I'm going to go with a one nil to us, just because I think it could be one of the uh, another nightmare. Just have to grind it out games. Yeah, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to be honest. Um, I I just hope we're a, a little bit better defensively than we were the last time up there, and obviously now that clean sheet. I think that's the seventh in the in the twentieth league in the twenty league games rather. So it's something to build on, definitely. Although it's not like we were tested, like we say. So hopefully, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd imagine we'll be under the cosh for a little bit, but we've just got to to ride it out. Absolutely. So thank you very much for listening. A wee bit of a longer one this week as we had a few things to discuss. Please. Follow us on all the social medias. We are at Perth Paisley on everything. You can contact us for the homework question. Which club would you like us to have a link with? Uh, at Perth Paisley on Twitter, Facebook, Paisley at gmail.com. Leave us a rating on your platform of choice. It massively helps. You can watch us on YouTube as well. Adam, where can they get you on all the socials? They can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall. And I'll tweet out regarding the kind of senior affiliate if you like um on wednesday night and you can leave your responses to that and we'll read them out on the next episode of the podcast as for yourself mate i believe you've had a little username change what's what's prompted that i have indeed just it this means nothing for 90 percent of the people watching but i had a wrestling pun and i no longer work in wrestling journalism so i was like Let's just move away from that and just go with my name. So I am at dmciver22 because it's my name and my lucky number. So you can get us there on all those places. We will be back next week, hopefully, to discuss a win at Gayfield. But we will see you next time. Bye-bye.
Monogites!